Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama! Trent Condon. Score! This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in. Miller and Condon on the air with you on a Thursday as we talk the world of sports. Taking you up until 1 o'clock and Murphy and Andy here on 106.3 KXNO. Glad to have you aboard with us today as we take a look across the sports landscape. It is bowl season back upon us once again. That's right. We will get a bowl game coming up once again tonight. Syracuse, South Florida. Kyle McCord will not be available for the Orange in that game. That coming up a little bit later on. We will talk about that and talk about, obviously, what is happening across the college sports landscape. Florida State has made some news today as their board of directors are getting together once again and trying to find ways. The lawyers, they're getting paid and trying to figure out a way that they're going to find their way into potential independent status, waiting for an invite from the SEC from the Big Ten and with it, what it's going to be for the college football landscape. We'll talk about that here today. Coming up throughout the program on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we kick things off at about 11.25. Our old friend John Bowenkamp will stop by, Hawkeye Nation AP. Talk a lot of Iowa hoops with him. Talk about the Hawkeyes and their victory last night as they run past UMBC. We'll get into that here in just a moment. And talk college basketball as a whole. John also does a great job just covering the sport of college basketball. So a lot to get into with him coming up here about 11.25. And, of course, the uh, yesterday, the press conference over in Iowa City, as we heard from Tyler Barnes, the director of recruiting for the Hawkeyes, and also heard from Kirk Ferentz. That's coming up at 11.25. 11.45, it'll be... Your opportunity to win some great grub from the Chicken Coop. Three locations across the metro, Urbandale, Ankeny, and West Des Moines for the Chicken Coop. Winner of the contest will get $50 in gift certificate. And for the runner-up second place this week, you will get 20 wings. Uh, For people that have won since we flipped over to the Chicken Coop, the gift certificates are in and those will be coming to you here soon. So I'll be keeping an eye out. I'll be getting in contact with you if you've been a winner here over the last few weeks. And if that is the case, you'll be having those gift certificates sent out to you here in short order. That's coming up at 1145. We kick off our number two. We jump into Iowa State in the Big 12 with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Iowa State back on the hardwood tonight. Women's team with a win last night as they knocked off you and I. But uh, we're going to talk about this men's program, a team that uh, they're doing something interesting here. You look at the latest net rankings from the NCAA, and you see Iowa State as a top 10 team. Updated rankings here this morning. Iowa State has advanced up to number five in these rankings. Incredibly important. These are what determine NCAA tournament seeding. You look at the resume as a whole for Iowa State. There's not a whole lot of meat on it, right? You look at the victories. Your best win right now, BCU, maybe, Iowa, I guess. DePaul's terrible. But what they have done is what you have to do with the net rankings. And we've talked about this a little bit from an Iowa perspective here over the last five years. When they advanced to this system, there was a cap that was put in in terms of victory. After 10 points, you don't get any bonus points for that. You beat out a team by 30, that doesn't matter in the system. However, there is a factor that it does matter, and that is the efficiency rankings that are mixed in here to the rankings. So when you beat a team by 30, 35, 
40. That is baked in, and that's the reason you see Iowa State up there with a 9-2 and record. They are the highest-ranked team with two losses on the season. They are 0-1 in Quad 1. Don't even have a Quad 1 victory at this point in time, yet they are ranked number 5 in the latest rankings today. The reason they're doing it is going out there and not just beating Green Bay, Lindenwood, Idaho State, Grambling State, Prairie View A&M, Florida A&M, not just beating them, beating them decisively. That is baked into the numbers, and that offensively and defensive efficiency numbers are in there. Even though it's capped at 10 in terms of margin of victory, that is in there, and that's the reason you're seeing this Iowa State team rank so high. They'll get Eastern Illinois, not good again. Eastern Illinois knocked off the Hawks a year ago in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That was a bad team last year. They're a bad team again this year before they finish up non-conference play next week, a week from Sunday, against New Hampshire. And then Big 12 starts up, and boy, does it start up in a big way. A road trip down to Norman to take on Oklahoma. The Sooners suffer their first loss of the season last night, and then the home tilt January 9th against Houston. Likelihood that Houston will come into that game undefeated. They have games remaining the Cougars before that matchup with Texas State. That's coming up tonight. Uh, Ken Palm has them favored by 24 right now. Then they take on Penn, favored by 24. Then they take on West Virginia. Oh, hey, it's a conference game. Uh, They're favored by 22 right now against the Mountaineers before they make their way to Hilton Coliseum on Tuesday, January 9th. ESPN2 has that one. I do wonder if maybe it will be some shuffling that happens with ESPN and the television crew. But that aside, big one coming up still. A ways to go until we get to that point. We'll talk a whole lot more Big 12 as well and take a look and a preview of some of the bowl games in the Big 12 with Matt Postens again kicking off the second hour of the program. And I'm very excited to get my buddy Chris Andrews in here. He is the sportsbook director at the South Point Casino. If you haven't been to the South Point before, uh, Ken loves to call it a, a hidden gem, and it really is. It is old school, if you will, in terms of a casino. Chris does a wonderful job. His staff is incredible. I've had an opportunity to go back and uh, see how the sausage is made, if you will, in the back room and see he's got four computers up there and seeing all the numbers roll in. But a really great place to go. Uh, Does a wonderful job out there. We love Circa, and there's no doubt about it. But if you're on the Strip, go to the south tip of the Strip and the South Point. I think you're going to have a really good time there. And we'll talk to Chris about everything going on as we make our way through the NFL slate. NFL Week 15 gets going tonight. No, check that. Week 16. Woo! Three weeks to go in the NFL. It'll be the Saints and the Rams. We'll talk about that one. The two Saturday games with the Bengals at the Steelers. Pittsburgh trying to salvage their season and keep the streak alive as they face off against Cincinnati. Jake Browning has played at a high level. Chris, he is a Pittsburgh guy. We'll talk about that game. The standalone game on Peacock then on Saturday night before the full slate on Sunday, Christmas Eve. And, of course, the three Monday games in the NFL. We'll also talk to him about the bowl games, what they're seeing in terms of action, what they're seeing as it pertains to the Liberty Bowl with Iowa State and Memphis, and what they're getting in the Iowa-Tennessee game. That's coming up at 1230. And then we'll wrap things up with my plays of the day. Presented by Circa Sports each and every day. I give you a handful of games that I am going to be firing at. Yesterday, uneven. We went 4-4. Four and four. Not a great day after the 4-1 and one performance on Tuesday. We'll work to be better here today. A lot of college basketball. Teams getting back in the swing of things. Mentioned the bowl game happening. We got Thursday night football in the NFL. So lots to get into here at about 12.50. We will do that before we depart. And Murph and Andy take over the airwaves. Well, I mentioned at the top, Iowa gets a win last night against UMBC. Now, these last two games, we found out 
absolutely nothing about this Iowa basketball team. These are tomato cans. These are teams that you absolutely should beat, teams that you should throttle, and they did just that. UMBC is ranked 327th at Kempom. Florida A&M was 332nd, as we sit here on a Thursday morning. That's where those two teams are. Got off to a slow start. And Deion Brown's reigning in threes. Everybody's reigning in threes from UMBC. You know, my takeaway from the conversation is something that happened after the game. And listening to Jess Settles and had a new partner, really liked him uh, last night. Saw Jeff, uh, Jess gave him a shout out. But so Jess asked after the game, goes over and talks to Fran. You know, a little stand up, you get a couple of questions, boom. And he do that. And then Brock Harding came in after his double double performance with 12 assists in the game. And Fran was fired up. Now, Fran, as a coach in a press conference setting, for the most part, I really enjoy listening to Fran because he will give you things. Kirk Ferentz doesn't give you much. Matt Campbell doesn't give you a whole lot. Fran McCaffrey will. And he was fired up about the defense. Now, he should be. I mean, that defensive effort was deplorable. 13 three-pointers. What, they hit five of their first nine in the ball game as they led by five points at one point did UMBC. This is a UMBC team that is ranked 249th in the country in offensive efficiency. That's right, 249. This team's bad offensively. 120th in the country in three-point percentage. It's not a good offensive team. And yet they still put 81 on the board against this Iowa team. Now, in the middle portion of the game, Iowa played a little bit better on the defensive end. Fred called it after the game the worst performance, one of the worst defensive performances that they've ever had, which is laughable. I mean, you don't have to go back too far to see worse defensive performances than what they had in that one. Now, better opponents, Purdue, Iowa State, even Michigan, though I don't think Michigan's very good. I mean, the Wolverines put 90 up in that game. That's an embarrassment. Give up 90 to Iowa State, give up 87 to Purdue. Those are some ugly numbers. Fred said, our defense was horrendous to start the game. Unacceptable. We have to be better than that defensively. That was as bad of a defensive effort as we've had in a long time. Do you consider 10 days a long time? I don't. Luckily, it wasn't for 40 minutes. That's what Fran had to say after the game. And it struck me as frustrating. Because Fran McCaffrey has done nothing to fix this. Have we seen a change in what they do scheme-wise defensively? No. Iowa right now ranked 139th in the country in defensive efficiency. A year ago, 168th. 80th in 2020-21. I mean, that's a, one of the high watermarks here recently. 75th the year before that. 2020. This team, outside of the final two years of Adam Woodbury, manning the middle, you had Mike Gassell, good defender, along with Sap Clemens. You had good defenders out there. Had some link with Utah. Outside of those two seasons, though, this team's brutal every single year on the defensive end. What has changed? What has evolved? Nothing. Fred McCaffrey also had an opportunity to try to fix this. Brought this up before. You remember when Michigan and John Beeline were out and running, right? And you saw Michigan. They're a pretty good program. They're kind of like Iowa is, right? They're all right. They're okay. They'll make the tournament more times than not, but that's basically all you get. And what John Beeline did is he went out and he brought in, for all intents and purposes, a defensive coordinator. He brought in Luke Yatnich, and he fixed the defense. And what happened to Michigan? Michigan then 
played for a national championship. They went out there and improved immensely. That's what they did when they brought in a real defensive coach. It completely changed the structure of what Michigan basketball was. Beeline, a tremendous offensive coach. And every single year, they were good. They played for a national championship against Louisville. They made Elite Eights. They made Final Fours. They did it because of an improved defensive effort. That year that they played the national championship, they went to 37th in the country in defense. A couple years before that, they're in the 70s, 67th. That's what you do. Fran had an opportunity to do that. There's been shakeup on the staff. There's been guys that have moved, and he never addressed it. That's on him. A great offensive coach. A great offensive mind. But he wasn't able to get it done. He didn't make the difficult decision to go out there and get a real defensive coach. We'll talk more Iowa basketball coming up here in just a few with John Bowenkamp. We'll get into that and the big four across college hoops. Florida State. They are making a look at potentially leaving the ACC. Now, this has been bandied about a whole bunch going back to the summertime and even before that. We know that they have the wandering eye. And it's not just financial. It's the reality of what college football is evolving into and what it's changing into. And for Big 12 fans, you don't want to hear this, but it is the reality. It is morphing into a Big 2 and then everybody else. And if you're not part of that group, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get into the college football playoff outside of winning your conference. doesn't matter if it's the ACC or the Big 12 or a group of five program, whatever it is, the path to get into the college football playoff is going to be difficult. There are going to be years where you're going to see a 9-3 and team get into the college football playoff, and it'll likely be from the SEC. That's going to happen. 12 teams in. Cut and dry comes down to that 12th spot. And there's going to be times that you're going to see during the structure of a 12-team playoff, a 9-3 team get in. Are they going to get in over, say, an 11-1 Big 12 team? Or even, say, 11-2 losing the conference championship game? There's a real possibility. And it stinks, but that is what's going to happen. This is the power structure. And Florida State looks at it and says, we have to find a way. If we have to give up our media rights for 12 years, how do we make a path to it? The lawyers are working to try to find loopholes. There's no doubt that is something that they've been going on. Tremendous article today from Pete Thamel over at ESPN.com, kind of measuring out what those lawyers are trying to do and what they're trying to find in order to give them that loophole to get out and, with it, keep their media rights. Because you can't go 12 years without television money. It's one thing to be 30, 35, 40 million dollars behind per year against your peers. When you look over in Gainesville and Florida State is getting $35 million a year and you're getting $70 million a year with Florida. That's a difficult pill to swallow. But you can make it work. This, though, giving up that money, not being able to get money then from your conference partner or at the same level, that seems impossible. So what that loophole is going to be, how they're going to do that, does independence make sense? Possibly. Is there going to be a seat at the table for them in the SEC? SEC already has Florida. And as we've seen as they have grown, they have worked very hard to not have duplicate teams. That's why Clemson for a long time was a non-starter. They already have South Carolina. When they went in Texas A&M, they didn't bring in Texas right away. 
That has been something that they have stayed away with. Changing landscape. And what's the end game going to be? What is this eventually going to look like? Tour power structures that break away? I think eventually we very well could get to that point. Not in the here and now. Likely not in the next decade plus. But eventually, it very well could morph into that. It's not a great thing. You know, there's still got to be teams that take losses. What does that mean for Purdue and Northwestern? And to a lesser scale, Iowa. That's to be seen. Interesting note, though, Nicole Auerbach has a story as well over at The Athletic. Florida State, and it always is changing. Conference expansion, conference changes. It's a gift that keeps on giving here at the holiday season. We get another one here on the 21st. Let's talk some hoops. We're going to talk about it with John Bowenkamp, Iowa. Defensive issues continue. Is there any realistic path for Iowa to get even back onto the bubble? They got one more non-conference game against Northern Illinois. The Big Ten very down this season. Outside of Purdue, maybe Illinois, Wisconsin, possibly. This is not a very good conference this year. What does that mean? Well, 500 in the past, even 9 and 11 in some Big Ten years, that would get you an NCAA tournament bid. I do think that I do not think that's going to be the case this season. You're not going to be able to stack up those quad one and quad two victories. It's going to be difficult. Can we get there? We'll do that with John Bowenkamp. Talk some big four hoops as we continue. This is Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Stay right When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There, we're back with more. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comet and Cupid, Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous ah, Christmas tunes? Get you in the spirit? Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon running solo here through the next week. Ken will be with us tomorrow making his picks. Next week, he'll be dropping in on Thursday as he makes his sojourn out to California on the road right now and making his way down to Oklahoma. Joining us on the program, he is John Bowenkamp. You see his work in the AP, also HawkeyeNation.com, amongst others, Iowa College Hoops. You can also find a whole lot in the college basketball realm. Mr. Bowenkamp, what's happening? Rudolph, one of your favorites? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. with with, with There's some stations that are just, have been playing Christmas music since November. Right. And when I'm on the road, I, I actually tune in and listen, you know, so... Um, kind of nice to you know get some christmas music on my way on my eight million drives to iowa city in november and december so how far is it from burlington to iowa city uh, an hour and 10 minutes i can get to my apartment i can get from my apartment to carver now at 10 hour 10 yeah that's a lot of miles a lot of windshield time a lot of thinking and a lot of rudolph yes for you. 
Yes, exactly. Well, uh, somebody that wasn't very cheery last night after the game was Fran McCaffrey after his team runs past UMBC, but the defensive effort was not there again. This is not a good defensive team. There's not going to be some great elixir that's going to suddenly make them a good defensive team, but was it one of those where, hey, we won easily, i got to find something to be mad about, or... Was there more to the story there? It was just, it was odd watching your boy from down there in Southeast Iowa, Jess Settles, in that post-game interview, and it it was a little cringy with him and Fran. Well, I I didn't see it, so I don't know what was said, but um, I I will say in the post-game, in in our press conference, he was not happy with the defense, and he was not happy with the defense you could hear during timeout. Mm. Um, And, 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 I mean, there's a legitimate reason for that, because, I think they can be a good defensive team with just by adhering to the game plan. And they let way too many three, you know, and it's like, it's like France said last night, the, their defensive game plan was you got to shut down their three pointers. And the first 12 points of the game come from three pointers and not just, they were not contested shots. And so it, it I mean, physically and, and skill wise, this should be a good defensive team. And they have to have that mindset that they're going because when you get into Big Ten play, you're not going to have these 100 to 80 games mm-hmm. anymore. You're going to get in. I, I don't care what kind of offensive teams there are in this league. You're still going to get into that grind that that you know the 70 to 65 games that sort of thing where stops become crucial. And so they have to learn this now that you've got to play good defense. When you get in the in the league play full time, because it's going to cost you in some of these close games, you've got to get these stops. A year ago, after the loss to Eastern Illinois, I said it was over, and they were able to pull themselves out and become an NCAA tournament team once again. But it looked ugly. I mean, it looked like this team just did not have a path to get back in there, and they found a way to do that. Got really hot after that one. In fact, they lost two more after that with Nebraska and Penn State before they reeled off seven of their next nine and put themselves back in NCAA tournament consideration. This year, not only is the path going to be difficult, but the Big Ten just isn't as good. And right. Last year, nine and eleven, ten and ten, that can get you in. I mean, we're talking at minimum. I think this team's got to win eleven games. Obviously, already zero and two in the Big Ten. That means going eleven and seven when Big Ten play starts up again January second at Wisconsin. It just seems like such a more difficult hill to climb than even it was a year ago. It is, but but it, it is in the sense of you're going to have to win a lot of games. But like you said, this league out after you kind of cut off that top tier isn't very good. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance there to be, if you want to be above everybody else, you, you've got a chance to get the wins here. And it all goes back to, again, playing defense. I think this team is talented enough. I mean, I, I, I really like, you know, and I've said this before in here, I really like Ben Cricky. I really like Owen Freeman. I really like Brock Harding and the way he's playing right now. Um, you know, and, and Tony Perkins, you know, had a really good game last night. And and I think really as the Hawkeyes as he goes the Hawkeyes go, and so I mean I think there's there's a really good combination of talent here. It's just a matter of you know just executing on certain things, and if you do that now you get in because there always seems to be in the Big Ten you, you know what Purdue is, yeah, and then you kind of know what the bottom is. It's who kind of you know gets through that middle, and. Somebody always rises and gets to that third and fourth spot at the end of the year that you didn't think about. 
this team is capable of that, but they've got to play well. They can't have games like last night. You can't start slow against teams that are like you. And 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 so you, you've got to play well, and I think that's going to be a lesson that they really have to hammer home to this team in this last non-conference game and then once you get back into league play. Well, and Ken Pomeroy, as you know, Bowen Camp, I, I love obviously looking at the analytical numbers. It's sorcery, and, I yes, guess. absolutely. He's got him projected at eight and twelve. Okay, well, three of those games are projected one point losses at Indiana, right. home for Ohio State and Maryland on the road. So those are, I mean, toss up games. You couple a couple others are three point spreads that he has right now. So there's going to be plenty of toss ups here. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. You mentioned Brock Harding. Uh, great performance out of him. You know, Tony Perkins, I did not like the move. I thought they should have gone back to DeSante Bowen at the point, but Perkins has had seven assists in both games now against two tomato cans. you got to throw that in there, too, in Florida A&M right. and UMBC. But you know, he can do it. I don't think he is a full-time point guard, but to start the game that way, Brock Harding, there's going to be defensive matchups that he's going to struggle both offensively and defensively, depending on the point guard that he plays. But he's just so smart with the basketball. He does things that we haven't seen a point guard be able to do very often in Iowa. And, and, that's, and that is where you overcome whatever sort of deficiencies that may be there when you get in league play. Because he is going to play against more physical guards and that sort of thing. And, and you're going to be in games where it's going to be physically called. Um, but he makes up for that in his court vision, in in just the way he can he can find openings, and 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 so I, I think that makes him a really good point guard. And he is only going to get better. I really like the way he has come in and played well. I like how this kid works. Every game at Carver that we have we have covered, when the game is over, he's back out on the court shooting with an assistant coach, and he's out there for fifteen twenty minutes and. That's a work ethic that we really haven't seen out of a lot of guys. And so, yeah, he's, he is a little smaller compared to what he's going to see from some other guys, but he makes up for that in so many other ways. And I, I think, you know, again, we're going we're gonna to learn a lot about him, you know, in the first few weeks of January. But I think he's going to figure things out pretty quickly, what he can and can't do, and then take advantage of what he can do. Didn't see the uh, one of the other freshmen last night in Laji Dembale. He was out with an injury. Sounds like nothing major, though. He'll be good to no. go next week. Yeah, and and and, they, and he really needs to have a, a decent game against Northern Illinois. Get back in that rhythm because I like him. I think he's a really good player. It's when he he, rem, he just looks like one of those players that he just needs some confidence. He needs to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, but the talent's there, and you know when when he's when he can get going, he can do some good things. But he just, you know, sometimes doesn't seem, you know, like like he gets into a rhythm. But again, that's stuff that you'll learn over time. But I really like him as a player, as a person. I really like how he kind of fits in this rotation. Patrick McCaffrey um, looked a little more engaged the last couple of games. You go back to that just awful week that they had against Purdue, Iowa State, and Michigan. He looked kind of checked out. Uh, seems more engaged at this point in time. But, I mean, there's numbers that are just they're baffling. He has one offensive rebound this year in over 300 yeah. minutes played. One offensive rebound. He's only fouled a player three times. All three of those fouls, by the way, on three-point shooters where you just can't do it. He is what he is at this point in his fifth year, right? You're not going to see a whole lot of change there. But what could they do? We know he's a skill offensive player to just get him going, not just when the shots are falling, but help the team in other ways. Well, I mean, he does have to, and you're right, because he needs to be, in my mind in this rotation, he needs to be a 12-6 and six guy. 
12 and 7, 12.7 rebounds. You get that out of him every night, that's really good production. And you're getting the points out of him. I mean, he's he's hitting shots. The, the, the thing about him is he hits a lot of shots early, and then and then they, they kind of go, he kind of goes away. Yeah. And, I mean, he needs to be, okay, this is how many minutes you're going to get out of him. He needs to be productive in that time that he's in there. And so, like I said, if if he can be a 12-6 and six guy in Big Ten play, that really helps them out a little bit. But he does have to do some other things. I think he has to, he has to become – he has to really hit the boards with his length, you know, with, with his size. He's got to be able to do that. Um, you know, you're, you're only, you know you, what you're getting out of him minutes-wise is fine, but you need to get some more production that goes along with those minutes. Evan Bronze came in late, did his thing, had a late dunk in the game, and I have maintained – I want to see more Evan Bronze. Not that he's too. playing 20 minutes a game, but can't you find a role for this guy to give you 8, 10 minutes a game, come in, add some physicality? We know he's not an overly skilled offensive player, but just helping out inside defense. Ben Cricky, as fun as he is to watch with the mid-range game and what he can do and, and how skilled he is offensively, he stinks on the defensive end of the floor. Can't Bronze give him more? Yeah, I, I, I think, like you said, if, if, he, if he becomes a 10-minute game guy, then you have that little three three-headed group of, of Cricky and, and Freeman and, and Braun, if you can get that group kind of together, that really makes you a better team inside against Big Ten teams that are bigger inside. Mm-hmm. So so I would buy, and I and I do think that's why you kind of see him in minutes. The problem is, I mean, I, I go back to his game at, at, at Wells Fargo last week. You know, he played six minutes and he got four fouls. <laughs> right. um, you know, I, we, and, and so it's like you kind of can't do that. So I mean, so I mean, there are some things I think you know that, that Fran McCaffrey wants to see to him again. That makes Friday next Friday's game important. If you can get a big lead in that game, get him in the game, get some minutes, see what he can do. Because I, I, I think he's a big body player. He's a talented player. He's played. You know, he came from a really good program. Um, I would really like to see him. You know, give them just you know, like I said, even ten minutes, just solid production. And that takes a little bit of heat off of that, uh, off of Ben Cricky and, and Owen Freeman, and gives maybe gives them a little couple more minutes to rest too, because uh, you know, so so you kind of get that little thing going there. I think that makes them better in the front court. One final guy, uh, Josh Dix, got the start against Iowa State, did not go well. Certainly looked overwhelmed, and since then, seen the minutes go down, averaging just thirteen minutes a game over the last four games. It, rotation tightening. What's going on with Josh Dix? Another guy that's skilled, still working his way back. A guy that can knock down a shot from the outside. Just not seeing a ton of minutes at this point. It goes back to production. You know, it's like if, if you're going to play. You know, I, I never really look at the minutes per game because I and I've learned this especially in the last few years with Fran is that that it's more about who finishes the game and who's playing late. So you might have a guy that maybe plays ten minutes. You know, maybe maybe or let's say fourteen or fifteen. But 12 of those minutes are in the second half, and he's really productive. To me, it's not about the minutes. It's what he's doing in there right now. And for Josh Dix to play a lot, he's got to become more productive. Both ends of the court, he can't turn the ball over. He can't be – he's got to be himself. And that, because I think he's a really good player. I think there's a lot of talent there. And he has showed that in flashes. He has to become more consistent. The more consistent you are, the more playing time you're in. 
Over to the women's side of things, Iowa women back on the hardwood tonight as they take on Loyola. They finish up non-conference play before Big Ten begins for them. Last week here in Des Moines, we saw Caitlin Clark go out, have a monster performance, 35-5-5. She was outstanding, uh, knocking deep threes, laughing when she misfired on one of them. But Caitlin Clark, we're going through this potentially for the final time. It is a sight to behold, and I got more people requesting tickets for this game, asking, hey, do you have anything for a game on the 21st against Loyola? What's going on here? A lot of people try to make Christmas gifts for their kids, I think, uh, coming up for the game this evening. But Caitlin Clark in the final go-around, perhaps. Uh, where are they right now? When you look at this team and what the heights that they want to hit, what still needs to improve for them to get to the level a lot of people think they can? Probably some consistency among the players who, who get. I go back to what I was saying about the men. If you're going to be in the game, be consistent, be productive, and that that includes players like Sharon Goodman, players like Kylie Fearbuck. Sydney Folter is really good off the bench for them. Um, so if you can kind of find somebody else that matches that production, I think you're a lot better. I think this is a better team than what people thought they would be at this point. Season. I think everybody thought, okay, they lose McKenna Warnock, they lose Monica Sonato. Those were two big pieces. Um, Hannah Stolke, now that she's kind of gotten healthy again, mm-hmm. really gives them a lot. And like I said, Kate and Kate Martin has been really good. Um, Gabby Marshall, I think, you know, needs to, again, she's going to be, what you get out of her just kind of depends on how she starts the game in terms of shooting, but she's a really good defender. Um, I, I really like where this team is at. And in my mind, they're, they're, they're a little bit ahead of where I thought they would be. And so this would be a good game tonight to get some players kind of into a flow to get, because, I mean, you know, after this, this is the last non-conference game. Everything else is Big Ten now. Um, let's see where they're at right now and, and, and get some people some minutes, get them, you know, get them into, into some consistency. And if they do that, this is going to be a really tough team to beat in the Big Ten. Sharon Goodman, I think, has been a good surprise at this point, and maybe a disappointment out of the other posts in Addison O'Grady. I think a lot of people had her penciled in to be the starter. It's been Goodman when they went with that big lineup, and uh, we've seen her a whole lot more than O'Grady. Why hasn't it clicked for Addison O'Grady at this point? You know, I don't know. I mean, but I, but I will say, you know, I mean, I kind of go back. If she can play like she did last year in the MTA tournament, mm-hmm. she's going to get a lot more minutes. And I think that's something that, that I, and I'm sure it's, it's been communicated over and over again to her. You can play this way, just be this way when you get on the court. But Lisa Bluter has been really content with a smaller lineup. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, I mean, you've seen Molly Davis get a lot more minutes, and Molly Davis has been really, really good in, to start the season. And, I mean, and, and, and Lisa Bluter talked about that in the offseason. Now she's a lot more comfortable. So I, I think she just realized, okay, if we play a smaller lineup, you know this is this is probably our best lineup, and so I think that's what's going. You know, now there are going to be some times you're going to need some bigger post play, but right now with what they've been able to do, it's a, it's a certain lineup, and it really is working for them right now. And, and there's just some people that are just kind of on the outside looking in. Jump over to uh, the men's side of things again. Want to uh, get your perspective on the MVC? No surprise. Drake off to another outstanding start, even with a bunch of new guys out there. Tucker DeVries doesn't play earlier in the week against Alcorn. They still win that game comfortably against Alcorn State. Only loss of the season, a weird one, when they just didn't shoot it well, and Stephen F. Austin was on fire earlier this season. But a nice win against Nevada, nice win against Mo State and Valpo in conference play. St. Louis, and they stacked up some nice victories at this point in time, but maybe the story right now in the MVC isn't Drake. It's what Indiana State's doing. Yeah, and... and 
you know, that was one of my blue ribbon previews. No. Summer. And, and Josh Schertzer, he, he's done a really good job there. And I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, they brought him, they hired him from the division two level where he's been really successful. And, you know, the, his first couple of years there, everybody kind of wondered, you know, is this guy a lot more, you know, bark than bite? And, and I think right now what you have seen with this team is it's a really good basketball team. And he was really excited when I talked to him this summer. And, and it was, he had good guys. He, he, they were experienced guys. They figured out his system. Um, and, 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 I mean, he is a system coach. And, and they figured it out now. And so it's, the pieces have all kind of come together to use the cliche. Um, I, I think the other thing that when we talk about the Valley that, that has kind of surprised me is UNI hasn't yeah. kind of responded the way I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the, the Valley calendar, Jan, you know, November, December, and then Jake and Jake in January and February. <laughs> I think they figure it out. Um, but I, I was, I've been really kind of surprised that they haven't figured that yet. I mean, I figured this would come together pretty quickly. And so kind of surprised me a little bit how they've started the season but somehow or another when we get into january it all kind of comes together for them but i'll be curious to see where this goes here in the first couple weeks of january yeah i thought this team was going to be up there competing with drake for the conference title and that certainly does not look to be the case there played well in the first half against carolina fell apart in the second half blew a game against texas tech but getting blown out by belmont at home in their first mvc game losing at evansville that's when you feel like you got to yeah. get if you're going to compete at the top you know three four in the conference already an zero and two hole and then you get missouri state indiana state to open things up when we get to january we'll see coach jacobson's done a good job throughout the time this team defensively too they stink on that end of the floor which surprises me. <laughs> right. i thought i thought they would be i thought they would be really good at that, I mean, I, like I said, I think that I, I just thought with the combination of guys they had, either, that they would be pretty good. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to be that consistent nightly scorer. His teams have always had that. So we'll be curious. I'll be curious to see where that goes first couple of weeks of January. But he, they do need to get it going pretty quickly because I don't think you want to dig a deeper hole in that league just because there are some really good teams at the top. Finally, Iowa State, they are off to a 9-2 and start. A disappointing effort down in Florida, even in their one win against VCU. Struggled to get by a pretty average Virginia Commonwealth team in that first one. Lose to Vodtech, who's okay. Lose to Texas A&M, who was shorthanded. But they've come back, did what they're supposed to. Throttled to Paul in the second half. Run away from Iowa. Beat a couple of tomato cans. They got two more in front of them before we get back to conference play. What do you see with Otz's group? You know, I, I liked them when I saw them against Iowa. I mean, that was like my first real look at them. And I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's a good team. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, let's see what you do now when you get into conference play. Yeah. And again, we'll learn a lot more about them this first couple of weeks because, I mean, you've seen some good things out of them, but they, you know, again, they've played a, most of their games at home, most of their games against teams that weren't very good. If that's really good, it can be really good for building confidence and that sort of thing. Let's see if they can handle those first couple of weeks of Big 12 team. I, I think this is going to be a really, really good team, especially when you get into February. I like a lot of the guys on their team. It's going to be, it's, like I said, I want to see them when they get in the conference play. I want to see them against, you know, that consistent night after night, you know, and see how they do in those first few weeks. But we'll learn a lot about them, you know, in January, I think. That uh, Big 12 is going to be a grind once again. No doubt about it. The best conference in college basketball in the gap. 
pretty significant again this year between the Big 12 and everybody else. He is John Bowenkamp. You can find his work, iowacollegehoops.com, also in the AP and HawkeyeNation.com, and always happy to join us. Hey, Mr. Bowenkamp, Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk to you again down Merry the line. Merry Christmas to you. Yep. Have a good one. Take care. That's John Bowenkamp joining us here. It's Miller and Con, and we continue, and right now, well, it's your opportunity to hop on the line. That's right. Four of you will get an opportunity to win $50 in gift certificates from the Chicken Coop. Runner-up gets 20 wings. It is a great location and a great opportunity for you right now. Dial it up and get your opportunity to jump in with us. 284-5966-284-KXNO. Get in four games. We got a little basketball. We got some college football. Bowl game coming up this weekend. We got NFL. We even got the tiebreaker. Total points tonight in the Iowa-Loyola women's game. That's coming up your opportunity to win Chicken Coop when we continue with Miller & Condon on 106.3. Not very frightful right now. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. Christmas tunes over the next couple of days. Love Frank. Reminds me of Grandpa sitting in the car, not listening to a Twins game. Listen to Frank on the radio. Chicken Coop, three locations across the metro, Urbandale, Ankeny, and West Des Moines. We got three people on the line right now. Had to kick one of our contestants out, though as he had played within the last 30 days. So there is an open line if you get the dial tone. Wait right there. I will get to you in a moment. But right now we got Steve Kirk and Brett on the line with the chance to win $50 in gift certificates to the Chicken Coop. 20 wings to the runner-up. Steve, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you doing today? Awesome. How are you, Trent? Uh, doing well. All right, I got four games for you against the spread and the tiebreaker again. Iowa Loyola total points tonight in women's basketball. Steve, up first, let's go to the men's side of things. Iowa State welcomes in Eastern Illinois. The Cyclones favored by 31 and a half. Uh, we'll go Cyclones. ISU. To the bowl season, let's go to Saturday. That's when Northwestern takes on Utah. The Utes are favored by six and a half. Utah. Detroit takes on Minnesota in the NFL. Lions are favored by three and a half. Lions. And in the big game on Sunday night, it's Baltimore at San Francisco. The Ravens getting five and a half. Uh, we'll go San Francisco. And the tiebreaker, Iowa Loyola. Total points tonight between the two teams in women's college hoops. One seventy-four. One seventy-four. Good luck, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Kirk is next up for the chicken coop contest. What's up, Kirk? Hey, not much. How you doing? Doing well. Iowa State tonight against Eastern Illinois. The Cyclones are favored by 31 and a half. That's too big of a number. Give me Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois for Kirk. Utah favored by six in the hook against Northwestern in the Vegas Bowl. Actually, give me Northwestern. Taking the Cats. Detroit, the Lions are favored by three and a half in Minnesota against the Vikings. Give me the Lions. And Baltimore getting five and a half in San Francisco. Uh, give me San Fran. And total points are tiebreaker. Iowa Loyola tonight in women's hoops. 159. 159 is the number. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. Brett is up next here on Miller and Condon with the Chicken Coop giveaway. What's up, Brett? Nothing. How are you doing? Doing well. Iowa State there laying the big number tonight. 31 and a half against Eastern. 
I hate to do it, but give me Iowa State. All right, pick two, Utah. They're laying six and a half in Vegas against Northwestern. Let's go, Utah. Going with Utah to the NFL, Detroit, a three and a half point favorite against Minnesota. Yeah, give me Detroit. And our final pick, it is San Francisco, the 49ers, favored by five and a half at home against Baltimore. I think I'm going to go Baltimore on that one. And tiebreaker, Loyola, Iowa tonight, women's hoops, total points scored. 146. 146. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. All right, and uh, waiting for, saw there a couple of callers. we got a caller right now. Let's take this one. You are our fourth contestant here in the Chicken Coop giveaway. What's your name? Paul. All right, Paul. Hey, after we wrap up here, wait online. I'll get all your information. Paul, we're going to kick things off. Iowa State favored by 31.5 against Eastern Illinois. I will take uh, Eastern Illinois. Going with EIU. Let's go to the Vegas Bowl. Northwestern getting 6.5 against Utah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. Going with Northwestern. Pick number three, it is Minnesota. They're hosting Detroit. The Vikings getting three in the hook. I'll take uh, the Lions. And San Francisco. They're favored by 5.5 against the Ravens. I got to go from Niners. Going with San Francisco. We wrap it up. The tiebreaker women's basketball tonight from Carver, Iowa against Loyola. I will say 145. 145. All right, Paul. Hey, wait on the line. I'll get all your information and uh, we will be good to go. That is the Chicken Coop giveaway. Again, three locations across the metro Urbandale, Ankeny, West Des Moines. Great place to go. A big thank you to Dave and the whole staff out there with us for the Chicken Coop giveaway. $50 to the winner, 20 wings to second place. And we will have those gift certificates. If you've won recently, they'll be coming your way here in the coming days. Our number two begins with more basketball talk and football. We're talking Big 12 with Matt Postens. He will join us. And Chris Andrews from the South Point Casino, the sportsbook director. Talk a little gambling.